0: And and for today's podcast, how about if we we do things a little bit differently? Um, We'll we'll take a different approach, and we'll do it uh, actually in a couple of different ways. First, we're going to do a follow-up to a topic that we uh, recently covered, and uh, go a little bit more in-depth on that. And then, uh, we're going to change things up a little bit by having not uh, just one guest with us, but uh, two to provide uh, different views on the same topic. Uh, Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. and you know, it was a couple of weeks ago that um, I welcomed uh, Attorney Heather Walzer to the podcast, and uh, Heather's going to join me again today, and it's going to allow us to go a little further into a previous topic, which was estate planning for those entering a second marriage. Now, in addition, what we're going to do is we'll also be joined by another one of the partners at uh, Lavelle Law, uh, Attorney Emile Alcast and Emile is, is going to help us look at that same topic from a family law perspective uh, so a lot of uh, a lot of interesting things we can get out of the topic today. I'm looking forward to it. So uh, to the two of you, thanks for taking the time to join me. I appreciate you both being here today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us. It's always a pleasure.
2: Yeah, uh, glad to be back.
0: So Heather, I'm going to start with you. Let's let's do a quick recap of what we talked about recently. Um, we were kind of looking at what someone should be doing if they're entering a second marriage, um, and some of the things they might want to consider at a high level here relative to estate planning.
1: Yeah, well, so it's it's something that they should always think through because in a second marriage situation, particularly if there are children from the previous relationships on either side or on both, it's incredibly important to just think through and discuss between the two parties exactly how they want for those assets to pass at death. Um, certainly, it's, it's something to think about, and it's frequently a lot of people who are in this situation early on in the marriage they take the 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 tack of keeping the assets separate and and you know at death the assets would just pass to the each party's own children but over time sometimes that changes as they've been married longer so a lot of complicated issues and they should all the most important thing is there's no perfect way to address them all or or one size fits all way to do it but it's something everyone should think about before entering into a second marriage
0: and as you mentioned, not, not a one-size-fits-all, and we, we won't go into the full discussion we've already had, but some of the things to consider here, if I'm remembering correctly, is you know, did that first marriage end in a divorce or did a spouse pass away, and, and then are there children, and, and what are the age of the children? So each of those could have a different impact on, on the view entering that second marriage. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. All of those things make a difference, and certainly from the standpoint of what obligations one of the parties would continue to have um, to a prior spouse in the event of a divorce, as opposed to a death of the previous spouse, that makes a big difference as well.
0: Yeah. So uh, let's let's kind of back up here, and Emil. I want to I want to bring you in because one of the things that uh, Heather and I mentioned in a in a previous conversation was a. Uh, a premarital agreement or a prenuptial agreement, as, as many people refer to it as. Um, you know, as a family law practitioner, I know you're very familiar with this, is a, is a prenup something that really ought to be considered before getting into a second marriage?
2: I, I think so, and, and that's something that I would typically recommend to somebody, whether I know them personally, like a friend of mine or a colleague, or just on a professional level. I think going into a second marriage, um, a lot of times, um, one or the one of the parties, or maybe even sometimes both, uh, you know, weren't happy with what happened in the first marriage, and now want to come into a marriage trying to figure out how do I protect myself. And, you know, we get questions like, do I title the house in my own name? Do I do this with this account? Do I add my new fiancé to this asset? And it's easier just to have a premarital agreement because that spells out all of Um, you know, what will happen in the event of a divorce, a legal separation, or an annulment. Um, Typically with a second marriage, you've got um, assets that a person is bringing into that they acquired from their first marriage and now don't want to go through and relitigate those assets again for a second time. So it it just makes things a lot simpler. Um, And yes, you know, a discussion of having a prenup is sometimes a little bit of a thorny issue between two people that are about to get married. But... I think uh, for most people, you know, the realization that it's important kind of gets over that hump.
0: Yeah, and and tell me a little bit about how you you might approach it and some of the factors that should be considered if this second marriage is one in which one or both of the parties are are coming into that marriage with children, perhaps more so younger children, and, and why having some of these discussions before the marriage takes place might be important.
2: Um, so the premarital agreements cannot address anything with children. So we can't address who will have custody in the event of a divorce, how much child support will be paid, who's going to pay for college. Anything related to children is just excluded from a premarital agreement. However, uh, there are provisions in a premarital agreement that will, I guess, explain or set forth what the parties intend to do with their estate planning documents. Mm-hmm. So if there is a conflict um, and or So the parties can make an agreement in the prenup to say this is what they intend to do with their assets and they could agree that some of it will go to their children from a previous marriage, some of it will go to this new spouse or or wherever they want it to go. The the second step is the parties after they sign a prenup should go and amend their estate planning documents to reflect what their intent was because once a party passes away, the prenup passes away with them, Mm-hmm. The pre agreement only is alive, only is enforceable when one party is still alive. And so, therefore, so if somebody passes, we have to look at their estate planning documents and see what they've done with that in, in order to determine what's going to happen with their assets after somebody dies.
0: And, and when we talk about those documents, uh, Heather, previous conversations with you and your colleagues, um, we've identified trust as, as one of the key instruments to be used in estate planning. So so a couple of questions for you. First, Is the establishing of a trust as as part of preparing for a second marriage uh, a a wise and and kind of useful approach?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the biggest reasons that that's important is to make sure that the wishes that you have with respect, especially to children from a previous marriage, to make sure those wishes are followed. One of the problems you can have if you don't have a trust is if you were to to die during the course of a subsequent or second marriage and not have your assets in trust even if you have a will that says i want everything to go to my young kids from my first marriage your second spouse if he or she is married to you at the time of your death can basically override that will and take under Illinois law what's called an elective share of your assets that are in your probate estate. Um, and it's it's a big share, it's one third. So if you had in mind the thought that you were going to k- take care of your children from your previous marriage as opposed to your second spouse, that can be undone if you don't have a trust. Unlike a will or a probate estate, a trust can, can basically protect those assets for the kids. If you set up a trust during your life that provides that everything passes to your children from a previous marriage, there's really nothing your, your current spouse can do about that.
0: Now what about um, those who do, as you mentioned, have an existing trust of some sort and now they, they enter this uh, new relationship, this new marriage. Can that previous trust be dissolved or changed or adapted to, to account for the new family model?
1: Yes, it absolutely can. Uh, Usually the best path is to just amend the trust that you currently have as opposed to dissolving it and starting from scratch. It's the great thing about trusts is that they're kind of fluid and flexible and you can revisit them and truth be told, you should revisit your trust every three or three to four years or so just to make sure it's doing what you want it to do. So at that point, if someone gets remarried, um, the best thing is just, you know, dust off those estate plan documents, look them over, and then make whatever changes need to be made to implement your wishes in light of the second marriage.
0: We're, uh, we're enjoying really twice the benefit we usually experience on this week's podcast as I'm, I'm joined by uh, two of the partners at LaBelle Law, Emil Elkass of the Family Law Practice Group, and Heather Walzer from the Estate Planning Group. Um, we're, we're taking in both of their perspectives on planning for a second marriage, um, both very valuable contributors here, and, and uh, also uh, by providing additional articles and videos uh, from, from each of them, you can find them at lavellelaw.com, um, and, and also follow the firm uh, on Facebook and Twitter for frequent updates and, and links to a lot of great content. Um, Now, Emil, I just heard Heather talk about amendable documents, things that exist that can be changed. As we look at someone moving into this uh, situation, a second marriage, and their first marriage ended in divorce, there would be some existing documents from that divorce. Is it possible to go back and change those things in terms of, uh, you know, custody or alimony, or or are those kind of off-limits as you enter the new
2: agreement? Uh, No, those... Uh, Anything related to children, so child support, custody, parenting time, um, contribution towards children's expenses, whether it's college or, um, you know, team sports, what have you, those are always modifiable. The items that are not modifiable are when parties are allocated assets from a divorce. So if somebody were to get 43% of a pension, they can't go back five years from the divorce and say, actually, I need 50% and seek to modify that. You, you cannot do that. Once it's, um, once the agreement is signed, it's pretty much final once it's approved by the court. Um, however, the issue with maintenance, um, which is not related to children, it's support for the other spouse, that can be, modified by law, it is modifiable. However, the parties can agree to not modify that provision. And sometimes it's a benefit for one party who knows they're gonna be earning a higher salary in a couple of years. They may wanna lock in this number now, Uh, So, that's not modifiable or um, vice versa, the other spouse knows that this person is going to lose his job or uh, is in a career that's very unstable, they may want to lock in a dollar amount now in in the event that this person is no longer working. So, some provisions are modifiable, Um, anything related to children, that's definitely modifiable, Uh, but in terms of allocating assets, um, that's one and done. And
0: you mentioned uh, a little bit ago, Heather, we we talked about what happens if that spouse in the second marriage passes away. We've talked uh, in the past also about uh, trying to avoid probate, how complicated that can be if if people suddenly make a claim and there's not good documentation. Now you've got a whole other set of individuals and a whole other family side. Um, All the more reason to try and make sure that you have everything documented to avoid having to go into probate uh, should you pass away in the second marriage
1: yeah that's absolutely right. I mean, there's no better way to kind of head all of these issues off than by just addressing them in your documents now, kind of similar to what Emil was saying about premarital agreements, they can be kind of thorny and they can be difficult issues to hash through, especially when there are like you said you know multiple children, multiple spouses it can it can make things a little dicey but it's 100% of the time it's better to deal with them in advance and address them head on and make decisions rather than just sort of kick the can down the road and hope that it gets resolved in a probate litigation someday.
0: And, Emil we've got just about a minute or so left here, but tell me a little bit about the process that takes place in a a firm like Lavelle Law where you've got multiple practice groups, uh, all very highly regarded. If you've got a client, are you able to then walk down the hall to discuss matters with other attorneys to bring in a tax attorney or a business attorney or situations like we're talking about today to get all everything handled at one time.
2: Yeah, so that, that's absolutely one of the benefits of Lavelle Law is, uh, you know, so if we're dealing with an issue that involves other practice areas that I'm not comfortable with uh, advising a client on, for example, estate planning or maybe it's a complex business dissolution issue in the divorce case, I can literally walk down the hall, take a few steps, I'm in Heather's office, I can turn the corner, I'm in James Hoyt's office. Uh, and that is one of the benefits that clients have with hiring our firm: is everything's done internally. We have all the resources here under one roof, rather than having multiple attorneys involved from different law firms, and we're you know, having conference calls and scheduling conflicts. It just makes things so much easier.
0: Well, it makes it uh, much easier for me to be able to draw on the resources of folks at develop Law. So thanks today to uh, Attorney Heather Walzer and Emil Alcass for joining me and having this conversation. Uh, certainly look forward to having them back with us again in the future. And, again, let me uh, go ahead and send all of you over to LavelleLaw.com where you can get more information. Or if you'd like to follow up with either of these attorneys or find out more about uh, topics that we've discussed, 847-705-7555. 847-705-7555. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at com.